0: From across the universe, three film buffs join forces to review the newest recently released superhero movies and TV shows. They are Kyle Wilson, John Jaso, and Tyler Honig, and this is the Super Film Club. Hey guys, how y'all doing?
1: Fantastic. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, Kyle. Oh yeah, I'm great. Good. Well, as always, I've got John J, so I've got Kyle Wilson here, and today we are going to talk about probably hands down the greatest Spider-Man movie ever, Spider-Man: Across the Spider-Verse. Kyle, start us out. What did you think of it? Yeah, so I mean, I think first and foremost, it is a absolute visual masterpiece.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I definitely want to touch on it later in this chat about, you know, other visual films and and what compares to this, because um, I think a lot of people give animation, um, uh, not enough uh, effort, I guess. And and so there's a lot of great animation films out there, and so I definitely want to touch on that. I think beyond the visual components of it. Um, It was absolutely incredible story-wise. It's crazy to me how many spider people, spider men, um, that we see in this film. Um, And I'm real interested, again, not as a comic fan, but I'm interested to hear from you all about all of these spider men. Because I... Didn't know many of them, um, and I, I'm, I'm interested to hear where they're from and, and who was your favorite. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I will say my biggest qualm with the film is that it's a continuation, um, and so... I feel like if you ever want to watch this film again, you have to watch this one and the third one beyond the Spider-Verse. And it's such a time commitment to do that. Like, I don't know if this film could be a standalone film on its own. Um, I I guess it could, but for me, I don't love a cliffhanger at the very end. I I would have to resolve it with the third film. Um, But I think overall it was absolutely incredible. Um, I loved watching it. I did see it in IMAX, um, which I'm not sure if that was worth it at the end of the day, um, but we can maybe touch on that uh, later in the podcast as well. But absolutely incredible. Loved
0: it. Loved the new characters. Um, It was a great time. Nice. Jaso.
1: All right. Yes. I I absolutely loved it. I was in the theater like crying at some points of this film <laughs> and like the two friends or the three friends that I went with were all kind of like looking at me like, "Oh, he's there wiping tears away." And they're just kind of like unfazed and I was like because there's so many layers to this movie. I feel like because, you know, when Miles in the first film was learning what it means to be a spider person and everything like that he's like getting this and like getting like that courage to be a hero because if you remember he didn't want any of it Mm -hmm. he wanted just to be a normal kid and now this one he's fully like accepted that but then like facing the realities of like what's going to have to happen for him to like become spider-man and then like challenging that because of like the whole you know your father has to pass away you need like your uncle ben moment or your canon event as it was called Mm -hmm. in the film like him wanting to like save his father and then all the you know the flashbacks between him and his um with uh, his uncle and stuff like that and then that reveal at the end with everything of like him getting to see what could have been and then learning like what happened because of him becoming spider-man and then just like challenging all of it it was such a beautiful film i think this is if this one doesn't get a nomination for like best picture this year it's a crime and they don't truly value animated films because from even with the voice acting you have an all-star cast of voice actors and you could just like feel the emotion especially Mm -hmm. in oscar isaac's miguel o'hara like you could feel that even though he wasn't in the movie all that long, if you think about it. Like, he, I think his total screen time or voice time was about 45 minutes because he was kind of there at the beginning and then at the very, like, end sequences. And, like, the Oscar Isaacs, I think, killed it in this film with just, like, his whole thing. And then, um,
0: oh, why am I blanking on his name? The person who voiced Miles. Oh, Shamik Moore. <clears throat>
1: yeah, Shamik Moore. I was blown away by him as well because you can even tell like how much of more of a mature tone he took even though it was what a f- like a
0: year or so in between or a few months between the first one and this one yeah about a year like yeah about
1: about a year but you could really tell like he kind of grew up and stuff and i just loved like the range of the voice actors like H- Haley steinfeld as gwen and i loved how there was like a focus on her as well um mm-hmm. uh, and because, like, I thought it was interesting with the title of it being, you know, Spider-Man across the universe, and it truly was. We got to see a range of Spider-Men across the universe. It was like, yes, a Miles-centered story, but it also didn't feel like a Miles-centered story. <laughs> it was more the stories more interwoven with all these different Spider-Men, and I hope that this next film really expands upon that. Like the um, like the Spider Woman that we got to see, who's like the who's pregnant and everything. I mm-hmm. want to explore more of her character because we got some good de- depth from her. I can't wait to see Ben Riley expanded more in the next film with Andy Sandberg and stuff like that. And then the return of all the the others, the OGs from the first movie at the end there. Mm-hmm. And then I want to touch on that cameo that we got when they were addressing the canon events and stuff. You know, with the uh, with Donald Glover coming oh, in the Prowler like. If that's not going to happen in the MCU, then I wanna fight Sony because they need they t- can't tease me like that and not follow through
0: on it. When I saw that one, I was truly like, okay, they are doing something right. Cause it was in the back of my mind, even when I saw Homecoming of like, they've done nothing with him. He was not in two, he was not in three. He just was there and he didn't even do a lot in Homecoming. But like I appreciated the little he did in Homecoming just for that bloody not even a minute cameo.
1: <laughs> well, even still, his entire—he is the reason we have a Miles Morales because of, in community. He wore a Spider-Man shirt, and then it started this. Well, what if Spider-Man was black? And then you have Miles Morales. now. Mm-hmm. so like it's a—it would be a crime for him not to be involved further in that story. storyline. Yeah. And then like, this is just a side thing I saw today as well that uh, Shamik Moore is like going hard into like getting into shape and stuff because if they ever do call for a live-action casting of Miles,
0: he wants to play him. And I'm like. Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't either. Minus, he just is a little bit old. And he's even said he's a little bit older to play Miles Morales. So either they really have to make it seem like he is younger or they have to be okay with it being an older Miles Morales. The only thing I just don't know if I'll be okay with is if he is older than Tom Holland because that really just shakes the thing up of Peter Parker supposed to be Miles' mentor, not necessarily mm-hmm. Miles being older than Peter. But then again,
1: they could do something wonky with the universe side of things, where he's been miles for a, a, a significant amount of time. True. And then it's like you know Peter trying to find his way, and then it's in a way that mentorship of like, well, this is what my Peter taught me. Yeah. And Here's what, and like helps out. It helps out, you know, Tom Holland's Peter in that regard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is is he supposed to be like 15, 16?
0: Yeah, yeah he's, he's supposed to be teenager. a really young
1: teenager takes him under his wing like in the comics as well like Peter's looking to like retire and try to like I can't do this forever and then Miles comes into the picture and he's like okay now I've got a protege so to speak
0: yeah but truly in the ultimate universe Miles wasn't Miles came from an alternate reality like in the first movie where there was Miles and there was Peter like in the first one where his Peter died and the comic book Spider-Man truly did get killed Miles got brought into the comic book series for the ultimate line um, after that Peter died and not until Secret Wars, which was this big event that happened in 2015. It combined a lot of the universes so that characters that people like, like Miles Morales, um, an older version of Wolverine came into the main Marvel universe. And that's when Peter kind of took Miles under his wing. So just to add some of that background and stuff for like Kyle, who I know you don't read the comics as much. Um, yeah. My point of view, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you all said. Like, love the voice casting, love how they did everything. That giant, basically, mob going after Peter across their um, lobby and across 2099 was amazing. It was so cool to see all of those different cameos. Um, and I did want to point out, not only were they just cameos of people from the comic books but they actually had past animated Spider-Man from TV shows. So the two notable ones, they had Spider-Man Unlimited was a cartoon in 1999. They had him in there. We did not hear his voice actor though, but Spectacular Spider-Man, which was a cartoon in the mid to late ni- or 2000s on the CW, then Disney XD. That voice actor actually did come back and you see him in there. And that show was canceled far too early um, so that was very cool to see like some actual, like, Oh my God, I grew up watching that TV show and now they're actually in this movie. So continuing, like Jason said, the Donald Glover cameo, those cameos were all very neat to see.
1: Yeah. If you noticed, there was also the Spider-Man popsicle
0: from there the was. ice
1: cream trucks. He was in there. And
0: That's Spider-Man from the sixties as well. That was very funny
2: can't wait to just own the movie and be able to like pause
0: during that oh, scene so many moments i want to rewatch. right right and see what's going on and who's all there because i did not notice the popsicle spider-man at all i saw it i saw it in a freeze frame from tiktok today i love lego spider-man it's like oh miles there seems to be an issue oh thank you spider-man you're one of our best I- agents boop, boop. <laughs> and it just does all the sound effects and crap but fun fact that was actually animated by a 14 year old high school, like kid correct because he like created that trailer and it got viral and then the people
1: at sony were like hey you want to like make this and i guess he made it over his spring break and then a, like a week out like a little bit after his spring break and i was like wow that kid is set for life because arguably that's one of people's like most favorite parts of that movie is the is the uh-huh. lego scene
2: mm-hmm yeah, that was one of my fun facts I was going to share. Um, the other one, I guess while we're talking about the spider yeah. scene with all the spider um, it did come out online. that I guess that sequence, I'm not exactly sure how long they're talking, took four years to animate, which is absolutely insane to me. Whoa. Like, I don't think about how much effort truly goes into animation. I mean, until you see that and you're like,
0: Four years, I, it's absolutely insane to me. Yeah. No, I mean, so like you said, I, I would be shocked if this did not win the Oscar for animation as the first one did, because this one was even better than it. Um, but the artwork, I mean, in Spider-Gwen's universe, where they say it's kind of almost like a mood ring, where if she's happy, it changes color to being more light. If she's mad, it's blue. Like, just... Who came up with that idea? Million dollar idea. It was absolutely beautiful and great to see on the screen. Um you can just tell even like the Spider-Gwen, her facial features look like Haley Steinfeld's more. Shameek Moore looks more like Miles. So they even really tried to incorporate the actors that are playing these characters. Um and I thought that was very fantastic. And they made a character that is a D-level villain in the spot actually someone that you gave a shit about
1: well and i loved how they connected it like he just started off as just like an insignificant moment in the first episode or in the first uh, movie where miles just tosses that bagel mm-hmm. and it really emphasizes the impact that like superheroes can have on creating their villains because that's just that one minor laughable moment in the first movie like ruined that character's mm-hmm. life and now he's hell-bent on destroying every single thing that the spider-man is and I loved, like, the voice actor for that, too. He did a great job of just being, like, super nerdy and kind of quirky. Mm-hmm. But then once he becomes, like, that more empowered with the with the collider and everything, and his voice just, like, takes on, like, a different tone, but mm-hmm. it's the same voice actor. Like, oh, my God, that was so amazing.
0: Oh, and another cameo, they ended up having Mrs. Chen. Is that her name from Venom? Yes. That was also kind of neat, too. I was kind of like, oh, okay, bringing everybody into it a little bit. Um, Oh, and and another cameo, this is for like our video game folks out there, in that scene
1: where he comes in through his uh, bedroom window and Genki's playing a video game, he's playing a Spider-Man video game and that was actually confirmed by Sony to be unreleased gameplay of the new Spider-Man 2 movie,
0: or Spider-Man 2 game coming out in October. Oh, Dang, I thought he was just playing the
1: original Spider-Man or uh, Miles Morales that came out on the uh, Yeah, like the executive producer or whoever for like that Spider-Man 2 was like on Twitter. Yep, like somebody asked, like, is that gameplay from Spider-Man 2? He's like, yep, this is unreleased footage that you kind of got a little bit in there. Mm -hmm.
0: Wild. Jay, so I also want to go to something we were talking about before where you were mentioning like, he threw the bagel in that first movie, and it's such a small scene. This movie did amazing about taking very minuscule things from the first movie and tying them in, like how they did the spider that bit him. Like, it, it was number 42, and it's just like, okay, cool. But then it's like, no, that's from a whole other universe and stuff, and that how that affected and played into, he went into that whole other universe where Peter didn't get bit by that spider. just how it was this big, giant effect that in the first movie you're like, Alright, cool. Like that's just part of the storyline. Why do we give a crap? Not that we don't give a crap, but like it's so secondary. And in this one, it's like, oh my God, that is so not secondary, how big of a thing that did. Yeah. Yep. Um, one part of the movie, and I say I didn't like it, not for the fact that I actually didn't like it, but just how I was mad about the characters, was how everyone was so mean to Miles after he saves um Spider-Man India's uh, version of Captain Stacy. Yeah. And then they come and they're like, you're a mistake. Like, you got bit and that killed your Peter. And, like, you're doing all these things and you shouldn't exist. And I'm like, but nobody told him this. Like, Gwen was just trying to be like, hey, don't do that. He thought she was trying to protect him. And all these things And everyone's just okay. being so mean. And I'm like, God, like, no one told him he did any of this stuff. So, like, cut him a break, Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was it was very interesting that they did that because then i'm like why is spider-man acting this way but then i think it really helped emphasize the point that all spider-men are different Mm -hmm. across the universe because it's not the same peter parker where if you like you know peter b parker who is like he understands the impact but then he also was like trying to help miles and stuff in some way by Mm -hmm. also like recognizing it in a way but not everybody is that same like Peter. Yeah. Like, I think it was something to point out is that the Peter that died that be, that caused Miles to then become the Spider-Man of his universe. I think I saw an interesting TikTok again earlier today. Talk like dissecting about how that Peter was the one that kind of was supposed to represent the essence of who Spider-Man is. Mm-hmm. So like, they're like, this okay. is the Spider-Man that wouldn't go against Miles. They would recognize this is the mistake, but then they would try to like teach him about it. And in the same way. You have spider punk or hobie who was very much like no this is wrong and in his own way of like yeah we need to like address this and we need to help him out and was kind of that main you know person in his corner as well but i think it's it's very interesting mm-hmm. when you with you when you look at that dynamic too of just like how representation was handled in this film of if you noticed it was all a bunch of different varying identities of spider-man that were coming at him but then the one who recognizes like this is like a young man who needs help was hobie Mm -hmm. and they share an identity in that and miguel o'hara and spider and gwen stacy and everybody was like this different identity that don't understand that like lived experience so i think that was also like an interesting layer i watched an interesting tiktok this morning about that too of uh how that was like kind of brought into you know it was a very subtle or was it wasn't very like prominent, mm-hmm. but it was like, if you kind of understand like that dynamic of things, it right. added like that extra layer of it as well. Yeah. I do wish they would have been
2: a little more transparent with miles from the, the start, you know, cause I, I do agree. It was kind of un, unwarranted eight after that event. Um, but I get, I, I guess I get why they couldn't. Also, like, that was the entire plot of the movie. So mm-hmm. um, you, you can't be that transparent up front, especially for us, the audience, because um, we have to figure out how that unravels along with Miles. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you, Tyler. It was a little a little harsh after
1: kind of that event.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, let's just imprison you. And everyone's like, wait a second. This isn't what we talked about. Like, what are you doing? I think it was also very like warranted too because
1: of just like the impact that he has when he does those things like yes he saved the uh, the the one gwen state or the like captain stacy of that universe but then it's like i'm also in this next film i want them to unpack more of what happened in miguel's world because he lost his world because he stopped the canon event i want to like, yes. explore more of like what effect does that have on him because if you think about it like spider-man does everything in his essence to protect people. And he is a Spider-Man who failed, not just Mm -hmm. like protect the ones he loved, but to protect everybody in his universe, like the quadrillions and drillions of people and other entities that died because of like the choices that he made Mm -hmm. with spider-man it's all about choices that you make and understanding the responsibility that you have to impact those. So I think that is going to be an interesting component. They need to explore in this next film of what happens when a spider-man's choice leads to the worst possible outcome. And how does that spider person live with that? Knowing that choices is such an essence to the character itself.
0: Mm. Very well put. Mike my drop, Jesus Christ.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, people at home can't see that when I drop the mic.
0: You know. Uh, I know, I know. The people can't see it. They got to know. Um, I want to ask you all, what was your favorite Spider-Man in this movie? And I would try to say one that maybe was not upfront, But if you want to do that one, say two then of like more of a background Spider-Man and then like maybe one that played more of a major role. And I can go first because I, I've i been thinking about this. So um, I really liked seeing Mayday, Peter's baby. I mean, granted, she was a baby, but in the comic books, Mayday is the longest running female comic book character having over 100 issues in a series. And I just thought it was, I really dug how they went kind of, it's a future comic book series, but they take it back to the grassroots and stuff and how it's written and drawn But yeah, seeing Mayday was just very neat. I I really loved that because I grew up reading those comics. Um, And I did really appreciate how they did Jessica Drew. Now, in the comic books, Jessica Drew is white in the main continuity. Um, I think they did a really awesome job making her a person of color. Um, Issa Rae did a kick-butt job. I loved how she kind of has like the spider mobile almost, the spider uh, motorcycle. And she's kicking everybody's, I don't think she ever got off that sucker and she's just kicking the crap out of everybody. So those two characters, Mayday and the Spider-Woman, I thought were great additions.
1: For me, my favorite cameo character I saw was Spider-Cop, just for, <laughs> because from the Spider-Man PS4 game, like his like monologue in like, Spider-Cop. But then you get to see just like a quick minute of a cop wearing a Spider-Man mask and we're like, yes, Spider-Cop. But then tied with that as well, you get to see that Spider-Man the that spider-man in the film as well like the the ps4 spider-man yeah um so like those were really two like you know cameos that i enjoyed seeing but then my favorite like spider-man character was hobie the
0: Mm -hmm. spider-punk
1: just because it was such a unique character that is very pivotal to the film even though he wasn't in it for very long but he was like the reason now that Like, Gwen and the other spider people are, like, coming to Miles' aid because of, like, the help that he put. Like, he's like, no, you need to help him. And he's like, without his help, then Miles would maybe not have made it as far as he's made it so far. Mm -hmm. He's a very important character to this film, and I don't think they emphasize that enough, which I think they will in this next film, Mm -hmm. hopefully.
0: I truly thought you were going to say Ben Riley, the Scarlet spider
1: we didn't get to see too much of him, but I'm, I'm excited for the next film to see We him should longer. see
0: more of him in three.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, Kyle, what about you? Yeah, I think in terms of kind of a main
2: uh, Spider-Man character, I loved the Spider-Man from India, that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he did a wonderful job playing that character. Um, and again, you I mean, you see a quite a long scene with him trying to save his universe with miles. Um, and it it leads to a pivotal part of the film for sure. Um, I guess my smaller character, which I don't know if you all would define this as smaller. I loved the Lego Spider-Man. I thought he was incredible. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia for Legos and, and playing with Legos. And so seeing that inclusion and then finding out after the fact that it was animated by that 14 year old is Mm -hmm. incredible. Um, I thought that was
0: a great part of the film. Yeah, I agree. Only Spider-Man I missed was the 1990 Spider-Man from Fox kids, um, by Christopher Daniels. I wish I had gotten to see him. He was the Spider-Man I grew up with. Um, and I think that was a a lost moment. Uh, but yeah, he
1: might still show up in the third one. We
0: never know. You never know. That is true. That is very true. (laughs) Um, no, I, I agree (laughs) with both of you. I think great, great choices on different characters and stuff. Um, yeah, it it was just amazing to see how many characters they were able to throw into this. And most of them didn't even have lines, but just being able to be like, I know that one, and that one, and that one, and that one. Yep, yep. I do have a question for both of you
2: all. So, um, you know, I think the first film was definitely a Miles Morales film. <laughs> Did you guys feel that this was a Miles Morales film or a Gwynn film? Um, Because I felt like we had a lot more character development with Spider-Gwen than we did Miles Morales throughout. And so I almost left feeling that the film was more focused on Spider-Gwen's character development and Spider-Gwen's kind of um, impact on the universe than it was necessarily Miles. And so I don't know if you
0: guys had similar thoughts, different thoughts. I would agree on that. I think they really did try to make her more than being a background character that she wasn't the first one to now really being like she is the duo of the spider verse movies.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say it was a dual focused film really sure. because in the first I would say predominantly in the first portion of the film you get a very heavy emphasis on Gwen but then, after she meets up with Peter, the focus definitely shifts. Or the once she meets up with Miles, the focus definitely shifts then to Miles because then you see the interactions he has with like his parents, the school, sure. and then like with Spot and all that stuff. Like it very much shifted that focus, and I think it's really showing both of them because I think both of them at this time are like learning how to become Spider Man in mm-hmm. a sense or Spider Person, Yeah. I think it's very good because we kind of got to see her motivations and her story kind of wrapped up when she was able to reconcile with her father. Mm -hmm. So I think like it really showcased the motivations of why is she a part of this still? Why didn't she go back to her universe? And I think that was needed because it would have been very weird to just have her be a part of this crew. And it's like, well, didn't you go back to your dad? Like what happened with this? Sure. I think that was very needed and very important. And without that, we wouldn't really understand the impacts that she had on Miles because you wouldn't have learned about what happened to her
0: Peter, mm-hmm.
1: which I thought was really cool for her Peter to become the lizard. That was cool. Was that was
0: straight from the comic books.
1: Yep. I loved that. I think even that scene where she was like holding him like at the school dance and stuff was like straight from the comic mm-hmm. book. Uh, I mean, the whole movie felt like it was just pulled from the comic book and just thrown into a movie. I agree.
0: <laughs> Um, something I wanted to bring up with this too, and I don't know if either of you have heard about this. Um, there is on social media, a lot of people that believe that Gwen in the movie is a boy that has transitioned into being a girl because there is a lot of pride flags on Captain Stacy's uniform. There's a few pride flags in her room and stuff. And people are saying they just think that the facial structure looks a little bit different. I see some things are there coming from it. It was nothing I ever thought about nor picked up in the movie. Um, but it's been very interesting to read some of people's thoughts about that. Have you all heard anything about that or have any thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, I, I had seen some like, like I, see, I remember seeing it in the movie itself and being like, oh, that's very interesting. And then I watched another TikTok earlier the, the other day. <laughs> about, like, how it was kind of, like, diving deep into that, where it was, like, pointing out, like, oh, like, the jawline looks a little bit, like, strange, yep. and, like, you know, like, those factors to it. And I was like, that'd be very interesting, because I think it would also, like, add a new layer just to, like, that whole, like, dynamic of a relationship that Gwen has with Miles, mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. like, her very clearly, like, wanting to be with him, in my opinion, but then there's that hesitation, and it's like, hmm, what is that hesitation? And at first you're like, mm-hmm. oh... It's because they're from different universes. This won't work out, but then there's, like, with this potentially being a thing now, it adds a whole nother like, layer of, like, complexity to it with how much he could basically considers him to be her best friend, but mm-hmm. not wanting to, like, come out in that regard and understand, mm-hmm. like, worrying about how he might take it and stuff, I think adds a very new layer. But I also love it because I love seeing more representation within Spider-Man and how yeah. more people can potentially connect with Spider-Man and I think it was a very smart choice, even if it do- I hope it leads to something, but I can very much see it not leading to
0: something. Some people also thought because it was the beginning of Pride Month, that might be other things they were trying to support Pride Month in this movie.
1: Yeah, but it <laughs> seemed like it was a very interesting because like yes. a, it was all like the transgender related like... um like flags and colors and scheme and stuff so i feel like if they were trying to just showcase it for pride it would maybe be more inclusive because then Uh i just would be very i would i would be very kind of upset if they just like targeted that one specifically for some reason without Uh any real like connection to the rest of the film or really like fleshing that out and giving a reason behind it other like or if they don't really have to outright say it i think that would be fine too but like you know give the the viewer enough hints to be able to piece together of like what truth this might be, or if someone else is looking to find their own truth in a new way to connect to Spider-Man, I think Mm -hmm. would be fine. But if it was just like a way to capitalize on it being like pride month, then I would be very disappointed. Mm And so I had
2: not heard about this until this morning. Um, and my wife told me about it. Um, I am not on TikTok at all. (laughs) So I'm out on all of this. Um, I know, um, <laughs> said, get on it boomer <laughs> i'm so old um <laughs> so yeah so i had not heard of this until like i said literally this morning when uh my wife had mentioned it so i really don't have much to add i, I would say it would it surprised me if this led to a bigger reveal in mm-hmm. the third film, um, but I'm all here for it if it does lead to some sort of bigger reveal.
0: Yeah. All right, so we talked about how the spider we ended up realizing from the first movie, we didn't think it was a big deal. It really was a big deal when Miles finally escapes um 2099 he heads to what he's hoping is going to be his home reality and we end up finding out he is in a much darker reality than what he originally is from um what did you all think of that um were you expecting him to meet his doppelganger who actually is the prowler of his world like i thought that was very neat was not expecting it at first but as we started to realize oh crap we're in a different reality i was like oh he's going to be the prowler Shit is going to get real.
2: See, I didn't see any of that coming, which, again, I don't have any context from the comics. Um And so, you know, I was watching the film, and so when the reveal came that he was the Prowler, like, I was shocked. Um, And maybe I should have known or should have seen that coming. Um, But I thought it was really cool. I think the other thing for me is I kept... While I knew there was a third film, I kept hoping for a little bit more resolve instead of kind of the cliffhanger that we got at the end. Um, and so I, I was unsure how the film was going to end, but I was thrilled with how it did end, uh, knowing again that we have that third film. So I, again, I was stunned, um, but maybe I shouldn't have been, maybe I should have picked up on more
0: context clues throughout that final sequence and throughout the rest of the film. It cracked me up when I saw the movie opening night of how many in the people in the theater started like just getting mad and being like, what the heck do you mean? There's going to be a third one, blah, blah, like how many people didn't know this was going to be a trilogy. And there's me just sitting there being like, what's wrong with all of y'all. I walked in here knowing right. this.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I saw it. I, I saw, like, once they kind of talked about how the spider wasn't from his universe, it was from a different one, I was like, oh, he's going to try to go home, but he won't because the thing reads by DNA, so he's going to go to the wrong universe, mm-hmm. And but I wasn't expecting what happened to, had happened, um, especially with, like, I was like, oh, wait, they did mention that this was going to be a world without Spider-Man, so I thought he was going to come out, and then basically, like, the next part is him fighting, like, that version of the Sinister Six in that universe. Ooh. I I did not see anything coming of the uh, reveal of of that alternate universe, Miles, being the Prowler. But then I started to, like, piece things together because I was, like, looking, like, from like little things from the first film into the second, the second one. And one of the ones I saw based again from a TikTok video. Um, Thank you, TikTok.
0: Please sponsor us if you'd like.
1: Do not get banned in the US, please, thanks. Um, (laughs) But it showed that the first time Miles met his universe's Peter Parker, When their spider senses were going off, if you notice, the colors behind Miles were purple and green and shifted to blue and red, which I think based on this film was foreshadowing that because him becoming Miles wasn't supposed to happen, Mm -hmm. I think he was supposed to become the Prowler in his universe.
0: Yeah, I believe that.
1: And I think because what happened with him falling into the Collider and Spider-Man happening and everything like that, I think what was supposed to happen was he wasn't supposed to get bit, but Peter was, like, supposed to do, save something, but his dad was supposed to die in that, and he blamed Spider-Man for it after mm-hmm. him being, like, his hero and everything, and that's when, you know, Uncle Aaron comes in and basically turns him into the Prowler as well, and that's I think that was what was supposed to happen like it did in this in like this alternate reality is because his father passed away and then i think he was supposed to destined to be the prowler because if you remember in the film with all the other spider-men you never saw another miles morales no you don't i think what was what was supposed to be a cool cameo for us was supposed to be another hint that miles was supposed to become the prowler because with you know um donald glover coming in and being the aaron davis as the prowler what Mm -hmm. if that wasn't supposed to be aaron davis because we just saw him in the Uh prowler gear so we're like that's the prowler that's aaron davis what if it wasn't what if that was miles Mm -hmm. because the entire character of miles is based around that one scene from community where donald glover wears the spider-man t-shirt and then makes the call so i think we're supposed to believe i think what we're really also going to explore in this next movie is That was supposed to be Miles' fate was to become a supervillain, was to become the Prowler. And he's seeing what would have happened, what should have been his reality, just a world now without without Mm Spider-Man.
0: What do you all think of them having live action mixed with animated? Like, do you think it's a cool cameo? Would you hate it if they had had Tom Holland like swinging webs and stuff with the other animated characters and just being like, this is okay, this is normal?
1: I loved it because I think now it really sets the precedent for being able to explore other universe type things and I just want to see something in the MCU where it's like who framed Roger Rabbit and just like Chris Evans interacting with a cartoon version of Captain America for some dumb reason, but I think it really opens up the possibility of them even potentially going and maybe even saving some money on these films of being able to like jump. Oh, we're traveling to another universe. Wait, well, we're all animated now, but we're the same like voice actors in a way. (laughs) So I think it really opens up some possibilities there, but it really just shows how massive this like, Mm -hmm. I think it also helps people understand more of what the multiverse actually is. It isn't just always a one-to-one recreation of things. Mm -hmm. You get multitudes of layers of how different universes interact with each other or how they're just very separate at different capacities. Mm -hmm. So I I personally liked it, but I wouldn't want it to be, like, a whole movie where it's, like, a live-action person running around doing stuff with a fully animated person, like, in that style. I don't think that would be too great of a film, but to have, like, little... So you're saying like you
0: would not want movie. it to be, like, a Space Jam.
1: Right. I wouldn't want it to be a Space Jam because I don't necessarily know how that would, like, work out and, like, look because of the way, like, MCU films are right mm-hmm. now. I don't think it would look the greatest. Um... But hey, if they could pull it off and prove me wrong, I'd be happy about it, but I'm also just like, I don't know, based on their current track record with CGI as of late, I'm not confident in that, but hey, they did fire (laughs) the people behind all that stuff, I guess, so Yeah. we'll see what happens.
0: I did see an interview that Shamik Moore and Haley Steinfeld did together, and someone asked Haley if in Secret Wars she's playing Kate Bishop and all of a sudden turns around and there's Spider-Gwen and she takes off her mask and it's a blonde-haired Haley Steinfeld. Is that reality? And she's like... Uh, I drew the voice. I'll play the live-action person, too, whether it's regular or just that quick cameo.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> and so I think that is something cool they can do, is, like, they have these people that are also other characters in the MCU that play live-action. Why not allow them, if they do, a crossover to play their animated counterpart? Right,
1: because yep, Oscar Isaac is now, I think he's the only person to play three distinct different characters.
0: Yeah, Apocalypse, Spike, Moon Knight, Apocalypse, 2099. Knight and-
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: I think there's he played one more character too, I think, because I think he plays four and I'm trying to remember what the fourth one is. I saw some picture of it saying who I'll be played, but I can't remember if they said it was three or four people. Cause I yeah, I think No, it might have been just three. I don't know why I was thinking it was four.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if he played another
0: person. Hmm. Well, we'll look it up later, I guess. But, yeah, even still, he's been in Fox, he's been in Sony, and he's been in the MCU. So that's still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, many of them have. The guy who played Spider-Punk, he was a Koye's husband in Black Panther. Um oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a couple other ones, but I'm blanking on them right now, is what it is. Uh um, yeah. what other things, Kyle, I know you had a couple of fun points you wanted to bring up before we came to a close.
2: Yeah. The, I mean, the fun points were the four years and the 14 uh, year old person, uh, who animated the Lego sequence. However, I, I do want to touch on, you know, I, I know we all saw this in different formats in the cinema. Yeah. Um, and so I would love to touch on kind of our viewing experiences whether we thought it was worth it to see it in some of these premium formats um, and kind of touch on that. So I know I saw it in IMAX. I believe JSO, you saw it in Dolby? Yeah. And then Tyler, you just saw it in standard 2D? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll start, you know, seeing it in IMAX, I was uh, on vacation and in a new city, and so uh, I love exploring new theaters, and so it was really fun watching it in IMAX. However... Um, I don't believe, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do not believe there was a
0: single IMAX shot in the entire film. I don't believe there was. Right. I'm pretty positive it was just, hey, we're going to
2: show this on the IMAX screen because it's bigger and that's it, um, which I was a little disappointed given Uh, what Pixar is doing with their IMAX sequences Mm. um, in some of some of their newer Pixar films whether those have been good bad or otherwise Um, you know I I guess I would love to see some IMAX sequences in more animated films but it's kind of weird because really you're just animating a bigger screen like
1: you're not taking an IMAX camera and shooting this. Um, no. So it's kind of, it's a weird concept, but I, I would like to
2: see maybe even the third film if we could get some IMAX enhanced larger um, screens so that way you can, you know, maybe see extra spider man around the top or the very bottom mm. of the screen um, where you get that full square instead of the the rectangle kind of widescreen view. Um, so I don't know if it was necessarily worth it to see an IMAX Um, but I did enjoy it. It was a fun new experience in a new theater for me. Um, but I don't know if I would pay money again to go see it in IMAX.
0: Yeah. I thought my showing in the regular 2d was perfectly fine. Um, I thought I got to see everything very well done. The art was still beautiful. I had no issues with sound. I know that other audience members said sound was weird. I didn't have that issue. I didn't have that issue in IMAX either, but
1: IMAX is also kind of known for its sound, as well as Dolby. Yeah, because uh, yeah, so I, I didn't board. have any sound issues either. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was curious,
2: Tyler, if you had sound issues, because seeing it in normal 2D, I wasn't sure.
0: Yeah, nothing that I had. I had sound issues when I saw Transformers recently, but not for Spider-Man.
2: <laughs> was it way too loud for Transformers?
0: Yes. The beginning so- part of it, it hurt my ears a bit. I almost thought about leaving. I had another friend who texted
2: me that same thing, um, and I spoke with uh, the manager here at the AMC. They said more than likely that theater had Spider-Man before your showing of uh, Transformers, and with Spider-Man, they crank it all the way up, and then with Transformers, they forgot to crank it back down because I saw it in
0: Dolby and uh, Transformers, that Mm -hmm. is, and I had no issues with sound, but I heard it was like ear-splitting in some theaters. Yeah. That's interesting. What a fun little little topic. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But I mean, for me, for Dolby, I because Dolby's very big on like the picture and like the quality of like the film you're watching. I thought it was beautiful. Like the colors felt more enhanced, like the just everything felt really good. Like I had no issues with it. I really enjoyed my experience in Dolby. I that Dolby started to become my preferred over IMAX just because yeah. the ex- the sounds are really good, the experience is yeah. really good, like, the moving sounds as well are really nice, and, like, just the way the colors and, like, the black to white con- contrast is for the films, It's it was just, like, especially with how vibrant the colors were for this movie, like, they just felt like they were really popping, and I was just like, oh, is this just because of how it's made? But then, like, hearing other people's, like, experiences and, like, seeing yeah. some things of like, oh, when scenes are being you know, inevitably, like, re like, in different areas. I was like, okay, this doesn't look as vibrant as it looked like when I saw it. And I really, mm-hmm. really, it kind of helps solidify that if I'm going to go see a film, I'm going to see it in Dolby.
0: Okay.
2: I'm with,
1: I'm with you. Dolby is my preferred format
2: to watch a movie in. Um, you know, I, I think IMAX has its place, especially when we think about films like Oppenheimer that's coming out mm-hmm. next month. I think that film will be stunning in IMAX. Um, but I don't think uh, uh, directors really utilize the IMAX format to
1: its full potential. So, yeah. yeah. Tyler, do you... directors with God complexes will do it in IMAX.
2: <laughs> Tyler, do you even have an AMC near you with a Dolby theater that you could go watch
0: in? I don't believe I have any AMC. It's Cinemark around okay. here. We have some Regal... Um, but, like, for Flash, I'm gonna go see that in XD, um, but I'm gonna go to Des Moines to see it. What is XD? I think it's the same thing as DX, but they just call it XD.
2: Interesting. Okay.
0: It might be Cinemarks' version of Dobie. I I'll look it up and let you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any Cinemarks around me. I only have AMC yeah. and Regal, so... Well, yeah, when I did my internship, I always was going to your home theater. And I liked AMCs. Like, they were nice and stuff. I just... Was so used to growing up a Cinemark, yeah. And then Jaso and I, when we were down in Lubbock, it was Alamo Draft House. There was no other. There is an Alamo out by me, Tyler.
1: If we ever want to relive the Alamo experience, <sighs> let me give it a Google real quick to see where Alamo is compared to my apartment. Like I have
0: said, Jaso, I truly, truly might drive up to Chicago when the Spider-Man Two video game comes just to watch you play it all weekend, like I did the first one. <laughs>
1: It's literally four miles from my apartment. Oh, that's nothing. Incredible. It's right by Wrigley Field.
0: Oh, that'd be beautiful anyway.
1: Yeah, like, I, it's literally across the ball, like, from the ballpark.
0: I just miss like, they don't do the pint glasses anymore. Kyle, I don't know if you ever right. saw these before, but they would team up with um, a company and they would make pint glasses for movies. So, like, Jason and I have the endgame ones, but I know they did it for... Lion King, and a couple of them, Black Panther. Um, So they were beautiful. I actually don't have my Endgame one anymore. In my move, it got damaged in the box. No. I
1: have have my Infinity Wars one, but my Endgame one, R.I.P. I bet you could uh, find it on eBay for a pretty penny. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not trying to spend like a couple hundred dollars on a glass I got for, what, 20 bucks?
0: I think 15
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh. <laughs> um, you could always ask our other mutual friend, John. He just uses his to hold pens.
1: There you go. John!
0: I mean, I've never used my <laughs> cup to drink out of. I just have it as like a decoration.
1: Oh, I drink right. out of mine all the time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why it broke, the glass. Yeah, completely. there you go. <laughs> I was just putting water
1: and beer in it. I don't see how it, it could break because of that. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, guys, as we are wrapping this one up, as we do, um, let's give our final thoughts and our rating of the movie. I mean, I think our rating is going to be spot on the same, but I give it five out of five. Absolutely loved it. I mean, I'm not going to even re-say all the reasons, but it was a great movie. One, blew me away. Two, was amazing. Three, I mean, I just might have a heart attack in the theater.
2: Um, so I have given this a five out of five. I think after reflecting a little bit, especially for me, really thinking about the fact that, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to watch this as a standalone film ever again and and that you kind of almost have to potentially watch the third film with it. I- I'm going to say 4.5, but, like...
0: <laughs> Do this <laughs> man! Can cancel him. him! Drag him! Get him fired!
1: He works at can- Wichita State <laughs> <laughs> University.
2: <laughs> um yeah so I'm going to land on 4.5. I do think the more that I really think about this film, think about the first film which I don't think I've ever said live on camera, so I, I hated the first film the first time I saw it. Um and when I rewatched it,
0: I found out how wrong I was. Um I was going to bring that up but then I was like I'm not going to do you dirty like that Kyle.
2: <laughs> I've made it drag right. this fan. <laughs> I've made it right Um, but I do think that overall the package that you get in the first film is just incredible Mm -hmm. Um, and and not saying that this one isn't but leaving us on the cliffhanger um, really just I wanted things more wrapped up a little bit you know I don't think a third film has to be Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 2 it can truly be a complete sequel um so that's the only reason i'm getting it a 4.5 you can hate me if you want you can throw me off the show um but that's that's my thought yeah so Jay, so you you probably thought it was like a four i'm sure <laughs> uh
1: i thought it was a million out of five it is essential viewing if you ever want to get interested in spider-man it is the best spider-man movie in my opinion uh essential viewing and this part two is actually going to have a different name kyle it's going to be spider-man across uh, beyond the spider-verse so suck it i can't believe you didn't give this movie it's needed honors for my pro wrestling fans this would be a seven star classic even in the the tokyo dome if any of you know what that is hit me up on the socials um (laughs) <laughs> uh, this movie was perfect i felt things that i didn't anticipate feeling because like i said i cried a few times at the movie theater and got weird looks from my friends who were there with me um and my partner at the time it was like that marriage he was like what you sobbed a few times so i was like this is because it was it hit me all right and when a movie hits me then it, you know it's
0: good mm-hmm I know no better way to end that than if a movie hits JSO, you know it's going to hit him. Well, guys, as always, this is a lot of fun. Our next movie is going to be The Flash. So I'm very excited to chat with that one, whether it's going to be a good excited or a why the hell did we throw our money at this. Um, and then we also not only have that looking forward to, Next week, Secret Invasion starts, so when that show finishes up, we'll also have to do a review of that.
2: I had no idea it
1: started next week. Yeah, I thought it started at the end of June. This is, this
0: nope, June 21, a week from Wednesday.
1: Wow. Oh, I won't be able to watch the first episode until the next day. Mm-hmm. I'll
0: text you spoilers, don't worry. Yeah, we I won't go. even
1: respond to them. I'll be at the Fallout <laughs> Boy concert.
0: <laughs> and then Kyle will be like, don't blame you as a scroll. <laughs> I'll be like, you don't even know what a scroll is, Kyle, so shut up. God damn. Kyle's gonna come to that episode having read Secret Invasion and Everything just to throw the book at you, (laughs) Jaso. Oh you. Well, as always, I am Tyler. I am Jaso. I am Kyle. And this is another episode of the Super Film Club. If you enjoyed it, please give a like and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, Excelsior. Take it easy, everybody.